Hello and welcome to another episode of Starside Chat. I am one of your hosts, Aaron, and uh, with me as always is Zach. How's it going, Zach? Good. I'm excited to hear about your New York trip. I We were off last week because I went to NYC to visit my brother who lives there, and I did stop at the Nintendo store, so I have lots to say about that, but I... I got a New York slice of pizza. I got I did I didn't get a hot dog, unfortunately, but I did go to a halal cart. I went to the Met. I went all over. We did a lot of walking. My feet hurt afterward every night. You should have been but, wearing uh, those uh, Mario shoes. I know. I did snap several photos of the Mario shoes, uh, which were great. Um, but before we talk about that, uh, we have a little bit of news to get to. Yeah, what if I told you that Niantic and Capcom are partnering on a Monster Hunter Now uh, sort of uh, mobile game for iOS and Android, where you get to go hunting monsters IRL? This is interesting. Uh, Like, I feel like Pokemon lends itself so well to this because all you're doing is catching things. Yeah. They did eventually add, like, fighting each other and, like, other stuff, but... I mean, the Minecraft one failed so massively, I think, because they tried to do more weird stuff. And wasn't there, there was like a wizarding world, there was a Harry Potter yeah, one as there well. there was a that Harry Potter one that I don't think caught on in any big way. And there was uh, a uh, Pikmin one that... Oh, that's right. There was, Is that Pikmin one still happening? Or did I it think get it shut still down? exists, but I don't think it has much of a player base. But. I don't know. I mean... The thing about Pokemon is like there's so much runway with that because there's so many Pokemon. So if they want to add new things to the game, they can just be like, okay, here's another generation of Pokemon you can go catch. Yeah. And Whereas like, I don't know how many like monsters there are in Monster Hunter. The core conceit of Pokemon just as like a gameplay thing makes so much sense for that type of game. You must catch them all. Because it's literally all about going out, exploring your area, and like catching wild Pokemon out yeah. and about. And then like there are gyms that you can go battle at, and they added like raids and all this kind of thing where you can join up with your like Pokemon Go community and like do raid battles together and stuff like that. And all of that makes a lot of sense. Now, Monster Hunter could do something vaguely similar where you have basically the equivalent of raids, but instead of it um, being that way, you would have to like group up with people in your community to fight like big old monsters. But I don't know like what the single player component of it would be. Mm. Uh, Cause you're not, I mean you can, but you're not generally fighting monsters by yourself. One of the screenshots uh, we have in the the article from Gamatsu that's linked in our show notes has like a bunch of what appears to be like different resources and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm curious to see like what it would actually play like. Yeah, because like my I've never played a monster hunter, but my uh, impression of it is that you find a monster and then you spend a ton of time wailing on the monster to like you know just kill it or whatever yeah obviously the battle time would have to be brought down for a game like this i wonder if it's a thing where like you go to a park and then you just sort of have to like stand around as you battle this thing or if they do if they are going to reduce the battle time 
Yeah, and like, is it gonna feel? Because like, to a degree, like Pokemon raid battles are sort of like you have like I don't know however many Pokemon you can use for the battle. Mm. And then you're more or less just like tapping to do your attacks and maybe you'll swipe everyone now and then to try to dodge. But you're you're mostly just tapping really quickly to try to it's not like the most compelling gameplay you've ever seen. Um, But it is fun because you're like out and about and you have like a group of people with you and you're all sort of working together. And so even though the, the gameplay itself isn't all that compelling, it is like sort of a fun thing to do. Um, I wonder if this will work the same way. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I'm very, I'm interested to see though how they, they do it. It's one of those things where maybe I will try it when it comes out just to just out of, sheer curiosity but i i don't know that i would stick with it very long i've also like fallen off of pokemon go like a long time ago but have you seen uh, all that this isn't in our show notes but have you seen all that stuff about like the rumors floating around the uh, new apple headset that supposedly is going to launch this year no it's like ar vr so it looks like a big ski goggles that you put on this is all rumor um but the most interesting thing about it is it has a dial on it and you dial like the level of ar slash vr you want so like dialed all the way one way you're fully in virtual reality dialed the other way you're just in augmented reality and uh apparently it's a big push to like get all these like you know app store apps working with it but if I feel like this could give games like this a totally new life if they fully integrate something like uh, even like Pokemon Go, where like the AR actually is working. Like I know everyone I know that plays Pokemon turned off the AR immediately, yeah, because uh, it just makes it harder to catch Pokemon. But right, I wonder if uh, how far. I mean, this it's all rumors. I just saw like a TikTok about people speculating about it, but. I'm interested to see. I don't really want to get into the Apple ecosystem, but right. I'm so fascinated to see someone like really pull off AR in a way that really blows up. Yeah, I, I'm curious if they can adapt that so that you can basically get the full experience that I think Niantic is going for with these games. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that would definitely make me want to jump in. I Again, I like you. I don't want to join the Apple ecosystem or to do that. But, like, if Google comes out with a competitor, I do think that is, like, the future of, uh, like, tech accessories. Like, right now I we agree. have watches, obviously. But uh, glasses where you have a heads-up display is definitely sort of the, the, next, the next thing. So... Let's talk about this uh, troubled acquisition that's going on. Yeah, so this last week, the UK blocked Microsoft's $69 billion purchase of Activision Blizzard, and Microsoft is uh, appealing it. But uh, yeah, just more and more trouble for this. Like, every no- once you think it's going to go through and you think they've sort of cleared that last hurdle, like something else gets in the way of it. And I guess the main thing was it was about cloud-based gaming. Yeah. So, like, if Stadia was still around, this may have gone through. Yeah, which makes you wonder. Microsoft maybe almost should have, like, thrown some support 
Google's way just to like yeah. keep Stadia in the mix so that, you know, they could have completed this purchase. I mean, obviously this is a, a more recent thing than like Stadia failing, but um, yeah, Sony doesn't really have quite the same like they have sort of a cloud thing but it's not quite where what microsoft is working with as far as like x cloud or, or whatever they call it now i guess it's just like game pass cloud or whatever but well we talked a couple of weeks ago about how sony is supposedly gonna be maybe thinking about another handheld console but it's not gonna be powerful it's just gonna be something that gets streamed to maybe from your console but maybe also from the cloud Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows how far away that is, or even if it's true. Well, their handheld sounded more like it was just for streaming, like your from the your console PS5 games as they were running, which they basically already have now. Yeah, but they're just creating a dedicated handheld to do that, so you don't have to use your phone, for instance. But yeah, at, we said a long time ago, like before Stadia, like completely shut down that. Sony should swoop in and like buy all of like the Stadia tech from Google. That would be great. I would love that. Um, which would have been awesome, but I don't think that's going to happen at this point. But if they had done that, I, I would bet this deal would have gone through. Now, Nintendo, like they have some cloud versions of games that like can't run natively on the Switch, but they like need something uh, in order to <laughs> maybe to also get this deal to go through. But yeah. Um. Yeah, the I I don't know if this is like basically the end of it or what, but they said they're going to appeal. So you know, this also this isn't in our show notes, but talking about Stadia makes me remember because I famously played Cyberpunk on Stadia. It was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Re- CD Projekt Red said that they're going to be part of Summer Games Fest this year, and that's where you're going to get your first hands-on... They said they're going to have hands-on previews with that uh, DLC they've been working on. This is called, like, Phantom Freedom, or I don't remember what it's called, but the one with Idris Elba in it. I can't believe that's not out yet. It seems like Cyberpunk came out so long ago. (laughs) It is crazy how, like, the gap between it... it, um, I don't know. Cyberpunk has had such a weird life because... It came out, and for some people, it was unplayable. And then they had sort of like a relaunch on uh, next-gen consoles. But I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I'll be interested to see how robust this DLC is. I never pulled my data off of uh, uh, Google. So if I want to play it, I would have to start a new game on like PC or something. Um, but you could still play it on... Uh, where did you play it on originally? PlayStation? I played it on PC. PC, yeah, so you could still jack into the Matrix. I could, and I probably will once that comes out. I, I'm bad about DLCs, though. I I don't play very many DLCs, um, at least not anymore. I used to be better about it because I, I I think I bought less games, so I just like would play the ones I had a lot more. Mm. But um, but yeah, it, it's typically difficult to get me to jump back into a game to especially one that I've been, it's been so long since I last played. Yeah. Cause you almost feel like you have to relearn the game a little bit, but yeah, you're just kind of like jumping in, trying to hope you remember where you're at and what kind of build <laughs> you were working with and all of this. And how Did you see, um, oh man, who was it? This, 
is here's another is a show of things not in our show notes but uh was it steam that introduced uh somebody introduced like notes hold on let me look this up yeah steam has a new notes app really so basically you can like leave yourself notes in a game of like what you were doing uh, the example here, I'll post it. I'll put. I actually put this in the show notes. I saw this and uh, I was like, "Man, this is like a really good idea." Um, notes. I'll put it right here. But it's good for like I could see this definitely using like if I was like playing Skyrim or something, and then I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna play this for a while. I will leave myself some notes in the game to tell myself what I was doing." Um, great for things like Stardew Valley as well, or just like very long games where. If you do take a break, you're sort of like, well, what was I doing? Um, but a very cool idea, I think. I mean, I used to do that back in the day when they actually shipped games with manuals and they had yeah. like the little note section in the back. Or I would just like write stuff down on like a note card and stick it in the box. And <laughs> That's a good so, idea. So I could remember, okay, save whatever number is about at this point and so i can know that if they dropped a dlc i could be like okay i can load this save and this would be a good spot for that or something like that but it's a shame they don't have manuals with little note sections but now i guess they're uh coming up with a different way to do that which is interesting to me but i wonder if the next nintendo console will come with a manual i well I, it will come with some sort of uh, digital manual, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, so this news, Nintendo is supposedly hiring engineers for current and next-gen platforms. Mm. Uh, Nintendo Life was reporting this this last week, which uh, we already knew, I guess, that Nintendo was basically already working on whatever the next Nintendo console would be. So it's not necessarily news that, oh, they're working on the next console, but... It is interesting to hear. I, I mean, I don't know what they mean by current Nintendo platforms. Like, what's an engineer doing for the Nintendo Switch? But they could be helping to build the the next the next Nintendo platform, the Switch 2.0. I hope. I thought I, about this a lot. I don't think the that they need to reinvent the wheel. And, and Nintendo is. More recently, I think, known for always trying to do something innovative and interesting. True. And But, like, originally, their, like, first out of three, four consoles were basically just iterative, like, spec bumps, uh, more or less. And so I think they need to just do something like that. I have maintained on this podcast that I believe the next Switch is going to have some sort of folding, flipping capability. Um, who knows if that's true or not, but I'm still going to say it just in case it does happen. <laughs> but I agree with you that all they really need to do is spec, uh, do a spec bump, maybe make the joy cons a little better. Everyone always is complaining about joy con drift. Maybe make them a little bigger, more ergonomic. Um, yeah. but yeah, just like a better processor screen. Um, like they already have the OLED, OLED screen, so that's fine. I, all, all yeah, they I really they need to, need to do is make switch Two or super nintendo switch or whatever you want to call it which i mean that's what we all thought they were going to do with the switch pro but now it could just be you know the next generation switch 
And then, yeah, make it so that it's more powerful on the inside, has a little bit better battery life. They fix Joy-Con drifts with like Joy-Cons 2.0. And, uh, but make it backwards compatible so you can still play your old Switch games and maybe they'll run at like a, you know, better frame rates or whatever. And, uh, like port Nintendo Online straight over so that all your, you know, saves carry over and basically all you have to do is sign in and you still have access to all your stuff don't like make a new iteration of virtual <laughs> console you know where you keep having to buy new games or whatever just like or they they have to you know port the the stuff that was running on nintendo online on the switch to like a new thing so you have to wait for them to do all of that like just port everything over <laughs> just keep it as a platform at this point uh and i wouldn't even hate it if they made it so all of your first gen switch accessories were usable on the next one, but they had like, obviously this joy cons 2.0 that were better. Yeah. Uh, in some way. And if they did that, I would be happy. And if they made it so that the dock could maybe like upscale to 4k and not native 4k, because I don't know if that's realistic, but yeah, if it could upscale nice. a little bit, uh, that would be, that would be a fine upgrade. I would think. They could learn a lot from, I mean, they made such a big deal out of uh, HD Rumble. I remember watching that guy with, uh, like, shaking around ice cubes or whatever. Do you remember that oh, demo yeah. they did? But yeah. uh, they could learn a lot from PlayStation. Uh, here's yeah, something the else I did in New York City. Uh, my brother has a PlayStation 5, and so I finally got Ooh. to use a PlayStation 5 controller. Um, and it was great. Those triggers are really impressive. Yeah, I, I've said it for a long time. The DualSense is probably my favorite controller just because of like the haptics and so the good. adaptive like, cool. triggers and like it has motion control. Like it's it's way more advanced than the Series X controller, even though I, I do like the Series X D-pad better. And like um, people can argue back and forth about whether they prefer offset joysticks or inline joysticks, but... Um, Tech-wise, the DualSense uh, is just the most next-gen thing about the new consoles. It blew me away yeah. when I played with it. Did you play uh, Astro's Playroom? I did. I did that, and I also played around with uh, my brother. I guess they put Control on uh, PlayStation Now a while ago. And I was like, let's check out Control. He had never played it. And it also, PlayStation super fast it downloaded in like eight minutes the entire game yeah. or at least became playable in eight minutes yeah ps4 has exceptionally slow download yeah. speeds <laughs> um but that also had a bunch of ps5 upgrades like i could when she was walking around i could feel her footsteps in the haptics of the controller yeah and like uh unfortunately i didn't get to use like all of her powers or whatever because we just played the first like you know 20 minutes or whatever but you know, shooting the the service weapon or I forget, is it called the service weapon? Um, that felt great. I'm sure every mode of it felt a little different on the haptics. But uh, yeah, that and Astro's Playroom were just like, also Astro's Playroom is just a really cool, beautiful game, which I loved to see. I know. It, it's very, very good. It's a lot more game than you think it's going to be because it, yeah. you're like, oh, this is just a tech demo. But it's actually like a nice little like 3D platformer that... Yeah. I think me and everyone else is like, uh, if Team Asobi just wants to 
make a full version of this and release it, I would have no problem paying like <laughs> 60, 70 bucks for that. Yeah. 70 but, in the new world. Yeah. It is unfortunately 70 in the new world. But, but yeah, I, I do think it would be great if Nintendo tried to maybe borrow some of the uh, ideas that Sony implemented into the dual sense into whatever like their next even if it was just the pro controller because I don't know if you could necessarily get everything that the dual sense is doing in a, a little joy con yeah you have to really beef up the joy cons but if I mean that if, would be if a they bad thing, made though. a pro controller that could you know justify it's like $70 price point or whatever it is um, I, w- I would say that would be very very cool We'll have to see. Um, in the meantime, we'll be doing something in August that'll be not Nintendo related. Do you think you will uh, pick up Armored Core 6 Fires of the Rubicon? You know, I don't know. I like mech games to me always. Like, I played mech games back in the day, very, very long time ago when I was like in elementary school, maybe. And all of those were super slow because they were trying to imitate like, oh, you're in a big like metal vehicles so like obviously everything's going to be slow so i maybe have bad connotations of that because everything was just so slow but this looks like it's super fast i don't know it's i don't it doesn't look that appealing to me but i also i don't know how does it look to you i mean you're the you're now like a from guy uh, I'm only sort of a from guy i i've been back and forth because i i did love elden ring but i tried to play uh, what was it? Dark Souls Remastered. And for whatever reason, that game was not doing it for me. So really? I don't know. I'm a little bit back and forth. Plus, there have been other games that are like, oh, this is like a Souls-like game. I'm like, oh, I can I can definitely handle this now. And I like also couldn't get into it. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I also don't know how Souls-like this is. Go- I don't think it will be. I think yeah, it's, it's honestly just like uh, just an action game. I, which I'm very curious to see um, how they handle it. Maybe it will be more Souls-like than I realize. Maybe it'll still be like really difficult or whatever, but um, I don't know. I, like you, I don't really play a lot of mech games. Yeah. So I've never played any of the Armored Core games, for instance. But I think just, I played the- a lot of uh, Mech Warrior 2, maybe. There was one I remember I would pick a mech, and then I would get dropped, and the 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 most fun part to me was getting dropped into the battlefield, and then like there was like a robot voice that said would say like you know missiles online, this is online, and then it would finally say like all systems nominal, and then I would just like have to use the numpad to like use tank controls to turn around and like look for like dots basically <laughs> in the horizon, and then get close to them and immediately die. So it was like not a great experience for me, but I'm sure this will be a much more streamlined, modern experience of a mech. I mean, you know what this could be uh, or what they could go for is something almost similar to Anthem because oh. that game, technically those were mechs sort of. I mean, they were suits, but like especially the big chunky guy, I forget the names of the mechs now, but Goliath. It was it was maybe Colossus is the one I'm thinking of was basically this big hulking mech suit thing, 
and it did feel heavy to move around but like it was still like fast-paced action and that kind of looks like what they're going for here now obviously FromSoft will probably do a better job and this would be a better game than anthem but <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> the, like the combat was maybe the only thing that was good about anthem <laughs> so the well, world the of this is but. very interesting to me like it, you seem to be on some sort of giant planet that is mostly mechanized i don't really i don't know if they've revealed like lore about what's going on but um it seems I'm like sure, a really interesting like, story people who have played previous armored cores are like doing big in-depth breakdowns of oh yeah i'm sure but, but yeah uh august 25th is when this comes out and i don't know what else is on the docket for august let me see if i can pull this up real quick what's the new release date for uh starfield isn't it september something yeah it's september september 12th oh sea of stars comes out august 29th so like days later and then (laughs) then it's Baldur's gate 3 on uh, the 31st so you've got armored core on august 25th sea of stars august 29th Baldur's gate 3 on august 31st and then starfield on september 6th so like not long after yeah, Starfield might eat that. Uh, yeah. Eat the lunch of that. It might. Uh, I don't know, especially since I don't have a history with this series. It might be a tough one because I, I, for sure, I'm playing Sea of Stars, and oh, yeah. for sure, I'm playing Starfield. Um, those are two that are I definitely want to get to this year. So, I will definitely watch it. And see like what people are saying about it, and I'm sure we'll like talk about it on the podcast. But I don't know if I necessarily am going to jump right into that. Zach, you texted me yesterday. I think it was yesterday uh, that they're making an animated TV show based on vampire survivors. <laughs> yeah, what a weird thing! I saw this pop up the other day, and I like, what is the story? For vampire survivors. Great question. I mean, there's been DLCs where they've had like new characters, and I don't think there's really a story, but I mean, all power to them. I think it's a very small team, and they've just like, they made this like $2 game, and it's really just taken the world by storm. And now that it's like being propositioned for a television show, like, I'm all about it. Good for them. Yeah, I, I, same. Yeah. Good on them for making something that has exploded in popularity and now is like turning into like a full on huge franchise. Uh, I'm so curious expanding though, to other media, but like what they're going to do. Like, well, is it just going like, to be a comedy show? I assume so. One of the comments was like, D- doesn't Netflix already have like a Castlevania series? True. Like, what, yeah. What's going on here? Uh, so I don't know. Oh, Cause vampire survivor is very heavily inspired by Castlevania. So, yeah. Hard to say what maybe it's just like almost a parody take on Castlevania. I wouldn't hate that. Um, but yeah, they don't really do like the Overwatch thing where it's like we have all these different characters, let's fill in their backstory and release these like little animated trailers to like say where these people came from and what they're doing now. Because I could see you adapting that into some sort of like TV series or movie or something, but. There's no story to speak of, which I guess, you know, 
for whoever's making this. Was it Netflix? Uh, I don't know. I th- oh. I thought I read somewhere that like someone from John Wick Four is uh somehow connected to it. I don't remember who's making this. Oh, the project is going to be shopped to network buyers, so they they don't even have like a distributor at this point. They're yeah. just making the series. Okay, but I mean, because it doesn't have a a story, you're basically just you're free to do whatever you want with it and then just slap <laughs> that vampire survivor's name on it yeah. and you're going to have people show up. So that's how execs it. think, man. Like Hollywood is. execs is just like, we, all we need is the IP, the recognizable IP. And then that'll make us the money. Well, so and, probably but the problem with most properties when you do that is that there is a story and there is like established yeah. characters. And so when you start just doing whatever you want with that, people get mad about it because they're like, no, this is not what I know. Yeah. Um, Vampire survivors, you might be able to get away with that, but I don't know. Well, you know what I know is Hollow Knight. You do like Hollow Knight. Love Hollow Knight. Still <laughs> no word on Silk Song. Uh, speculation is it's not going to hit that, uh, year date they set out when they said everything's going to be released within a year. No word if it's going to, we're going to see any appearance of it in June, June 14th or 16th was the day I think that that press conference happened. Who knows? Uh, there's a guy, multiple accounts. There's like a, a YouTube channel that posts daily called daily silk song news that uh has not had anything to do for quite a while um there's a guy who's like learning mathematical formulas on the silk song subreddit one every day until silk song is released and he's i think a genius now (laughs) um but uh here is some hollow knight news about the original game Uh, a fan community has made Hollow Knight vocalized, which has been in alpha for a long time, but they've just released it. It is a, a a mod that you have to use a special launcher. I guess there are like third-party launchers for Hollow Knight to like load in mods. There's a ton of there's a big modding community for Hollow Knight where that adds like multiplayer and other things like that, or like uh, things that allow you to have custom items and badges and things. Uh, but uh, Hollow Knight vocalized adds a uh, what am I trying to say? Not reading. It adds a voice cast for every character, every interaction you have, even like item descriptions, uh, have uh, English vocalization. I think it's just English right now. But uh, if you ever wanted to play Hollow Knight and hear everyone talk at you, uh, now you can do that. They should almost add this just as a, an option in the settings menu of like the actual full release. It would be cool. I have not checked it out at all, but and I probably won't because uh, I like the very minimalistic, uh, like weird bug talking that is in the original game. Mm-hmm. Every character says like a bunch of nonsense, but they say it in a very, very beautiful way. But this is cool, and I like uh, any kind of Hollow Knight news we'll talk about on the show. Still no well, word on Silk Song. Yeah, wasn't there like a, a Nintendo indie? show or maybe it wasn't even nintendo recently yeah there was an indies uh the day that i got to new york there was a nintendo live stream and i was worried i was like man this is gonna happen while i'm on the plane (laughs) uh but no no sign of silk song so 
probably our next maybe is i mean jeff Keeley. i feel like has i've said this many times on the podcast he has his finger on the pulse of what people want and he knew that people were very interested in eldering and he got that like he that was a good Keeley get you know he was able to reveal that so i feel like he's aware that people are very interested in silk song that's something he knows would be a good get for his show so could see it at summer games fest who knows uh i guess we'll see I forget when that's happening. It's uh, I think it is in June, I believe. So that um, would be within the one year, right? So maybe it, it is. Be. Maybe it is a hot drop. <laughs> it could be a hot drop. I've speculated to you many times that I think that they they know what they have and they know they can sell crazy collectors editions of this. So I would think that they would want, like do a physical release, but. They could well, also just with hot a lot drop of it. with a lot of indie games, they do do those physical collector's editions, but they don't always arrive at launch. A lot of True. the time, the the digital version is what you get out of the gate, and then eventually they start releasing physical uh, editions uh, with like the collector's versions that are more expensive and have a lot of extras. I don't remember how that played out with the first Hollow Knight game. I almost would imagine that it happened where it started as a digital copy and then eventually yeah, well it was made. famous it was a kickstarter game so did it, it launch with physical copies then i don't think so i think it uh at first launched on pc and then eventually came to consoles so yeah i mean it could play out in a very similar way and so it could still be a hot drop that eventually gets like collector's editions but we'll see well i will probably still be hip deep in zelda by uh mid-june and people have been playing zelda before we talk about that let me briefly talk about my trip to the nintendo store uh at nyc because it kind of leads into the zelda coverage perfect i um one of the things so i as i want to do whenever i have a vacation i usually will make a spreadsheet in google sheets and then share it with everyone who is included in the vacation and then we can put ideas and kind of map out what we want to do. A fun little pre-vacation game we can play together. Um, and one of the things I wrote that I wanted to do was visit the Nintendo store at NYC. So we did that, I think, on Thursday or Friday that I was there. And it was very cool. You Here's something weird. I don't think you can buy games at the Nintendo store. Really? Uh, they only have merchandise. Huh. So, I guess that's probably similar. Like, I would bet that the Disney store probably doesn't actually have any, like, physical copies of movies that you could buy there. I might be was, wrong, but I would bet it's a similar thing. It was pretty cool. Um, the first floor was mostly just, like, uh, displays. Like, they had a display. Uh, they have a big bo- Bowser that you can stand in front of. They had, obviously, Mario's boots, which I took pictures of. They had... Uh, a Luigi, but the Luigi figure was like the like the big statue of Luigi was like not accessible. Like there's a little alcove where there's a an elevator and a stairs, and they sort of put them in that alcove where it's like not readily accessible. So I couldn't take a picture of Luigi. Uh, there's been Mario upstairs. There is a a met a full sized Metroid Prime like. Uh, samus helmet that you can buy for like fifteen thousand dollars really um there is a a link statue seems to be like twilight princess era link um there's a a pikachu you can take a picture with 
there was a corner of the store that was covered in like plastic sheeting. It seems like it was under development. And I am betting that that is the Tears of the Kingdom section that they're currently building. Mm. But it was very cool. It was a, a cool vibe. They had a big wall that you could play Mario Kart on. You could just like walk up and play Mario Kart with other people in the store. Um, a bunch of fun merchandise and like plushies and stuff. A crazy thing about the Nintendo store is it's like directly adjacent to 30 Rock to like that big square with that golden statue where people ice skate, you know? Mm-hmm. You just like turn the corner and walk like not even a block and you're basically there. There's like a big area that's kind of blocked off from traffic. And once you're inside there, you can go to the Nintendo store. There's like an FAL Schwartz. Um, and then there's 30 Rock. So I was like, oh man, I wonder if people from SNL have gone to this uh, uh, Nintendo store. But it was cool. And I did, I didn't see any Tears of the Kingdom related stuff. Like I said, I think it was all in that corner. But uh, it seems like there uh, an embargo was lifted on uh, Tears of the Kingdom this week. I texted you, I think on Wednesday or Thursday, that a ton of outlets had started putting out uh, hands-on previews and you said you had not really looked at a lot of them yeah i don't i don't know if part of it is i'm just trying to avoid seeing as much stuff as i can before i actually get my hands on the game or how much of it is i've just been lazy we don't have to get into too many spoilers but it did answer some questions um specifically everyone was speculating what does meat do when you attach it to a uh, an arrow and it seems like it is used for hunting like if you shoot a meat arrow enemies as well as like uh animals will like come up to it and start eating it but some cool revelations uh it does seem like there's another power I, so IGN uh they they so they they invited a bunch of different outlets and it seems like most of the outlets got the note that there is an when you pull up your powers, you pull up uh, you pull up your powers in a wheel, like kind of a weapon wheel, and you can select like Ultra Hand or Fuse or uh, Ascend. There was a power we hadn't seen before that kind of looks like uh, it's purple and it's kind of like two hands interlocking. And I watched a couple uh, like preview videos of people talking about stuff and you would see it cause it's like selectable, but nobody would select it and nobody was talking about it. And I Googled it. I was like, what is this purple symbol? Why isn't anyone talking about it? And apparently on one person's uh, footage, they said like, you know, there is this other power, but Nintendo has asked us not to really talk about it. But then IGN was just like, here's this other power. Uh, <laughs> it's auto build. So, it allows you to save uh, things you've built and just automatically build them again if you have those materials. And they even showed it happening a little bit in one of their things. You can see uh, a couple... Um, normally, when you put together vehicles, you put them together, they're stuck together with that green stuff. But some vehicles, if you auto-build them, I, I'm speculating right now, but uh, if you auto-build them, they're just entirely made out of that green goo stuff. So it's like a perfect recreation of your thing. It's just all made of that green goo. And so they were flying around in a big green goo bird thing that they made. Uh, but that's good. I, it's a, a way for if you don't want to constantly be making stuff, you can just like make something you like 
and then save it and then like rebuild it whenever you want if you have the necessary material. Um, and there's also one more power that wasn't even displayed on the wheel that is like that it, that part was blank. So we don't know what that is, but it's supposedly you get it later on. Supposedly you get the auto build later on as well. You don't get it right away. Um, but it seems very cool. Uh, a bunch of people were just like testing out fusing things. One person fused a an explosive barrel to their shield and then an enemy's attacked and uh, it was like a claymore kind of where like everything in front of you exploded, but Link was fine. So that was cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, what else did I see? Uh, somebody put a fan, one of those fans that they use to make a boat. One, they put one of those onto their shield and then whenever they would hold it up, it would start to like deplete battery, but also blow people. So it's like a little mobile fan that you had. Um, but it was really cool. I, I, I watched a ton of people play it. Basically the demo was like, they started you out in that place where Aonuma was and they were like, get across this, uh, this river and the sky Island. And then they were like, get to this other sky Island, however you want to. And then the second part of the demo was dropping you down, uh, just like on the base of Hyrule and there was a tower in front of you and they were like, somehow get to that tower. And in most of the coverage, a lot of people would say like, yeah, and then I got up to the Skyline Islands in a really cool way that Nintendo told me not to talk about. But IGN was just like, this is how we did it. Uh, that tower we were getting to is a big rocket. And you just get in the rocket and shoot yourself up. Isn't that cool? So, like, I don't know what IGN, <laughs> if they, like, got more freedoms or they were just like, we're just going to talk about everything. We don't really care. Um but it was cool. I, I, if you're interested, I am all about Breath of the Wild right now. I, uh, or I should say Zelda in general. I popped in the old one and played a little bit. And I also am watching someone play through the first one just to get myself hyped for it. So I just like inhaled all of this extra coverage um, and watched a ton of it. Most of it is the same, but they did allow people to capture their own stuff. So there are variations on things. Um, very interesting and I'm my hype levels are through the roof for uh, Tears of the Kingdom. It hasn't quite hit me yet. I think in part because I've been avoiding a lot of this extra coverage. Mm. Um, but I I know like it's coming up very soon at this point. It's true. And it's one of those games that like right now I'm I'm trying not to like get too antsy about uh, and think too much about. But like I know once it, it gets here, like it's all I'm gonna be playing for like the next several weeks until I finish it. But uh it's it's one of those things where it, it probably will be more of the first one with some new interesting things they've added. And I do wonder, like we uh, talked about it a little bit last week, I wonder how that will impact it when it comes to like end of year lists and like uh, game of the year discussion. But I think it's going to be up there. I got to say, or will people just be fine with it and just be like, well, it's Zelda though. So I don't know. It gets I feel extra like, credit. <laughs> I think it's going to be great. I, uh, Zelda, I was like re-experiencing the first one through someone else's eyes. The, the breath of the wild, I should say. 
in these uh, YouTube playthroughs I'm watching. It's just like I don't know. They've they've really nailed this uh, this iteration of the game where it's like sandbox and physics fun and stuff. And I feel like uh, I'm so curious. I think they they there are multiple dungeons. Here's another thing. Uh, somebody was playing and they said they opened what they thought looked very much like a dungeon. There's a door they could go through, and the Nintendo rep was like, hey, "You're not allowed to go through that door." Uh, <laughs> so. I don't know. I, I feel like they, they've had so much time and they had the starting, they already have the map and they have most of the systems. Obviously they had to create these new systems, but I feel like there's going to be way more story in this one. And it's going to be, I'm, I'm so excited for it. I, I'm very excited for it. I, I'm excited for it as well. I just am avoiding a lot of the additional coverage. That's, I think, a good thing to do. Um, it is going to be very fun to experiment and see what's possible. Uh, very excited for that. Um, yeah. Should we talk about games out this week? Yeah, so there's actually a lot of stuff that came out uh, recently. Uh, the most, the maybe the biggest one was a Star Wars Jedi Survivor. However... That game appears to be sort of broken out of on the PC for sure. No, they not just re- PC. I think, uh, I thought they released a statement I, about the PC version. Well, they probably did because it's probably worse on PC. But it, even the console versions were were impacted. I think oh, the no. PS5 version is maybe doing a little bit better than the the Xbox version. But from what I hear, uh, it's it's pretty bad in terms of like. You run into frame rate problems and like, you know, dialogue and cutscenes and all of that are, are even impacted by like performance issues and Oof. just people are having a really rough time with it. But if you're able to like get through some of that stuff, people are enjoying the game. That's what so, I've heard. People are mostly positive on at least if they're positive on it when it's working. Yeah, uh, I watched Shroud play some of it the other day, and he was like, yeah, the, like, the performance stuff and, like, some of the technical issues are annoying, and that's a problem, and they need to fix it, but, like, he, he was like, I can totally understand why outlets are giving this, like, a 9 out of 10, mm-hmm. because he was, like, totally into the the actual game and the story and all of that, so... So, yeah, it's one of those things where I'm sure it'll get fixed in in time, and uh, it'll be fine. But for now, like you're just kind of a little bit shaking your head because you've seen this a lot where you just like it. Maybe if you just pushed it back a little bit, just like a few months, maybe even uh, this game probably could have launched in a perfect state and would have been closer to a 10 out of 10 instead of a nine. But um, I don't think curious. I will play it because I'm not I didn't play the first one. And I don't know. I'm not really that into Star Wars anymore. <laughs> yeah, I also, I have never been super into Star Wars. I did play the first one because it was free on Stadia. Um, and that was fun. But again, like, I don't know. Uh, he's like a Jedi and he has to hide from Sith Lords or whatever. I don't know. Not super interesting to me. But what is interesting to me is you said you were going to play a little bit of The Last Case of Benedict Fox. I have played a little bit of it. So it's on Game Pass. I downloaded it and was playing it uh, the other day. And it is like a an interesting mix of like a sort of 
almost point and click adventure like mystery really? story like combined with a metroidvania where you're like going around doing like platforming and stuff and you're gaining new like abilities and you're doing some combat and stuff like that but you're also like finding items and like solving puzzles and like you have like notes that you have to read and like uh, you'll find like um these like symbols that'll help you like solve okay i need to like rotate these things in a certain way to open this lock or whatever and so you're it, it does feel like a story driven um sort of mystery game but also there's like metroidvania elements to it and so i think it's pretty cool i don't I don't love the combat. I'll be honest. Mm. I this game is a little bit. Um, what was that game? Tunic from oh. last year, where mm. it's like I I like the art style, I like the atmosphere and just the overall vibe of it, but I don't love the combat such that I have actually gone in. They do have like three different like accessibility settings that playing around with them does not seem to turn off achievements. So you're totally fine to mess around with them. And what I basically flipped all of them on because I, I got to a point where I was like, <laughs> I don't care about this combat anymore. Because I had some like input delay issues with it, which oh. was really weird to me. Like there was even one point where like I, it wasn't even in combat. It was like I, I was trying to flip through pages of a book while I was trying to solve some puzzle and I hit the the button to like advance to the next page and nothing happened. I was like, OK, well, that was weird. So I hit it again. Nothing happened. I hit it a couple more times and nothing happened. I was like, OK, well, maybe I reached the end of the book, maybe. So maybe I'll go back the other way. So I hit the the button to go to flip pages back. And then, like, all at once, it did all of them. <laughs> it was, like, one right after the other. And I was like, okay. It's not just me. Like, because it had happened in combat before where I I was sure that I had, like, done the block thing to try to parry an enemy. Or maybe I had attacked and it seemed like nothing had happened. And I thought I was just going crazy. Um, <laughs> and I wasn't sure what was going on. But then that book thing happened. I was like, okay, no. there There is, like, occasionally some weird input delay things happening that's like causing problems and it's not just me. Uh, I played this morning and it seems like some of that stuff has cleared up a little bit. Um, I, I, it's very intermittent when that happens, but it can be annoying when you're like trying to jump and like uh, platform. Sometimes you just fall for no, because it didn't seem to register that you were trying to double jump or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, I'm sure they can fix that up with an update of some sort, but so that's been annoying, but it's that's one of the reasons why I basically have turned combat into easy mode, which it will let you do. It, you can go into the settings and it'll be like you've got your your normal default combat. You've got like these extra difficult combat where you basically can only take one hit and then you're dead. And then there's like the easy mode combat where all the enemies take one hit and they die. And then if you switch to that easy mode, there's also like a little box that you can check to turn on immortality mm. and so i even like just to experiment while i was trying to like see if i can make a jump that i didn't think i could make i ticked that box and i just haven't unticked it and i've just <laughs> kept <laughs> immortality on and it has like helped because i've gotten into situations where 
I would get like sucker punched by an enemy I didn't know was there. And I'd mm. be like, oh, I would have died there if not for this immortality thing. And that would have been really frustrating. Uh, and the comment, like it's going for like a weird sort of difficulty thing where like there, there was a spot that I died many times at uh, until I like eventually got past it. But, uh, and this was before I had turned on all the accessibility features, but you kind of, you have to drop down, but there are these like three enemies there and they like see you. So they kind of come up to like the ledge that you're on. And I was like, okay, I'm going to jump down past them. And I'm going to whip around and do like a block because they're probably going to try to attack. So I'll see their attack coming and I'll hit my block and then I will attack back and and hit all three of them and just like keep hitting them until they go down. And so I go to jump down and immediately before I've even hit the ground, all three of them have simultaneously swiped at me (laughs) and hit me and killed me in one shot. I was like, "Mm, why would that happen? It was like they were programmed to hit so fast that you don't even have a second to like land and block. So it was annoying stuff like that that made me eventually just turn off the the, the uh, combat, basically make it super easy. But they also have accessibility features for like the map. So like if you're um, very hardcore about it you can turn off all the map icons and just like i think it's called like i love to explore is like the setting or whatever (laughs) that you can turn on and then there's the one i turned on which is i hate being lost uh which is true (laughs) (laughs) and so those they basically make it so all the map icons um normally in the default setting i think they're just question marks just to get you to go there and see what it is um, and some of them will stay that way, even on like the, I hate being lost setting. Um, if it's something you haven't been through yet or you haven't been to, but like once you've seen it on your, your map, like you've been there, it will eventually be replaced by an icon that indicates like what sort of item or ability you need to like get through that door, for instance. Um, so I turn that on as well, which I would love helps. to have that in a Metroid game. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then the other setting I turned on for accessibility was like puzzle solving. So like the puzzles, some of them are like a little bit inscrutable at times. Like you have to like read some note and try something and you'll eventually figure it out. Um, They made it so that you can turn puzzles onto easy mode where basically you can hit a button and it will auto solve it for you. If you have like the items you need to be able to do it. So as long as you have the items necessary, you can hit auto solve and it'll just complete the thing for you and you can just keep moving. And I eventually got to a point where I was, I started doing that too. (laughs) So how do you Uh, like it? I mean, is it fun to play? I mean, I, I think the story is interesting and the i do think it's fun to like explore and find stuff and level up but i i was frustrated with the combat and the puzzles i think are were interesting to me at first but they they get a little bit harder to understand and some of them i would like go up to and just hit that auto solve uh button you you can still do like solve them the normal way so you don't have to hit that button even when you have that option enabled um and so I've solved some puzzles that way too, but like 
you can also like go up to them and hit that auto solve thing and it'll like solve it and i'll be like wow i had no idea that i had the item necessary or the <laughs> knowledge to be able to do that so like i i don't know how i was supposed to know i could do that but i guess i could and so every now and then i'll just check them by hitting auto solve and see if it works or not <laughs> but um i'm just kind of so so on it to be honest i, I like i said it's sort of this year's tunic for me where there are things i like about it and i think it is sort of had potential but um there are things i don't like about it as well yeah uh little frustrations like that also i found the the game by default is in quality mode and you do see a lot of like frame rate hiccups when you play it that way and so i switched it to uh, performance mode and don't seem to notice any difference between the quality of the graphics but the frame <laughs> rate's smoother so I like it that way um, but the first time I did switch it over the game froze so I had to close it and reopen it oh wow so uh, it does have some problems but uh, overall I am so so leading leaning towards positive on it but I don't that's good but yeah it's worth checking out I will say that much a good game pass game yes a very good game pass game if you have game pass what is after image uh after image is another metroidvania uh that i have not played but it did just come out this was uh i think we talked about it at one point but it it looks sort of uh anime art style um but yeah as as side-scrolling metroidvania um i don't have any impressions on it since i haven't gotten around to playing it yet but it's is one that was on my list of games that i might pick up at some point to play uh just because i'm into metroidvanias and this one looked pretty good do you Uh, think you'll play advanced wars maybe at some point i have not picked it up yet uh in part because i wanted to play last case of benedict fox but also I've been playing a lot of Battlefield 2042 still, so <laughs> I haven't made time to play Advance Wars. Um, the thing I kind of like about Advance Wars is people are comparing it to like Fire Emblem, which I really oh. enjoyed. So if you enjoy that style of um, like tactics-based uh, gameplay, then this might be something you, you would enjoy. But uh, it doesn't have, like, like the characters are pretty disposable, you know what I mean? Like, you're using, like, tank units and soldier, like, foot soldier units. And so you're not, like, forming a, a bond with them and doing much in terms of story the way you are with Fire Emblem. So I don't know necessarily if this is a game that I would like as much as Fire Emblem. But it is, like modern military versus like fantasy you know hack and slash type of thing mm-hmm. um did you have any interest in it not particularly as far as these types of game goes i think i'm more into that metal slug game that's eventually going to come out that's more like oh, yeah yeah that's a good point i i didn't think about it in context of this but that's a good comparison but this one just seems a little bit too I don't know. I also don't love the graphics in this. Like they went yeah. for this uh, 3D style that I think just is not going to age well. 
I, I guess I don't, for comparison's sake, I don't have a side-by-side in my head of what the, the Game Boy Advance version looked like versus what it looks like on the Switch, but I don't know. I don't hate the look of the game, but I understand why people are not into it. But Something I think will age well, though, is uh, the the whole vibe of Shadows of Doubt. Have you seen this game? I have not. What is this? This has been on my wish list on Steam for years, it feels like. I don't remember where I first heard about it, but um, it's very cool. It is, if you're into like Deus Ex, like old school original Deus Ex, um, uh, this is something that's going to pique your interest, I think. It's a totally procedurally generated city, um, and you're a detective in it. And so you have to solve crimes in this procedurally generated city, but it does not hold your hand in any way. Like you have to come up with the solutions and uh, it's possible to like follow red herrings for a long time and just that lead to nowhere because every Mm. person has a job, has a house, uh, has a routine in this big city and within it murders happen and you have to figure out what's going on. And it's very cool. It's very cool to look at. Uh, the idea is very cool. Unfortunately, the one thing that hasn't made me pick it up yet is I've heard that since its launch, it is an early access and they're targeting like six or nine months from now, they're going to have like a 1.0. But uh, it's apparently a little buggy right now. So I'm going to hold off for a little bit uh, and then eventually play this. But I am so excited to dive in once it is like fully functional. Um a good person to hear talk about this is Leo Vader on the MinMax show. He is someone who's like very into like systems heavy games. And this one is like very much his jam where it is something where you have this, all this emergent gameplay because they have all these interlocking systems that just work together uh, until they break due to early access. But um, <laughs> I'm very excited to play more of this game. I follow the dev on Twitter for a long time and he seems like a nice guy. Uh, it's getting very positive reviews. There's like over a thousand reviews now and it's sitting at 90%. Um, he's talked about how they're hard at work. His team is hard at work on like cataloging all the bugs people are reporting and getting it to a more workable position. But if you love original Deus Ex or just like weird mystery games or like, you know, very systemic, like even I would even point to like Breath of the Wild style. Uh, sandbox style things definitely this is one to check out it's on sale right now until may 4th um for like 20 percent off or something so is it uh you said procedurally generated like uh like crime stories basically so does that mean like if you and i were both playing the game at the same time we would have wildly different stories yeah and it's uh i guess there are there's an end game like eventually you retire it's set in this like uh, dystopian future kind of where there's a place called, I think like the Valley or the Hills that you're like trying to save up enough money to get to. And so you can set how long you want that to take, but eventually like all you're really doing is like you're dropped in. I'm not actually sure how you get your cases, but a murder happens and you just have to like, look for stuff basically uh <laughs> and it's all proceed there's one i think you can start with that is the same for like a, as a, tutor- a tutorial but then you can just regenerate the world and uh yeah it'll be wildly different uh every time you play it 
That's crazy. the The art style is like interesting to me because it's like uh, it, it is going for sort of a a noir look, but it's yeah. like very like blocky textures. Almost looks like a cloud punk to me. It's like yeah, it's kind of voxel based. But yeah, that's interesting to me. I hadn't heard of this game. It's very. I'm very excited to play it. I. I would. I don't know. I'm holding off now just because I have like Zelda fever, and all I can think about is Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna pick that up in you know less than two weeks. But I am excited to revisit this sometime in the summer when I have a bunch of time and like they've patched a lot of the uh, bugs in it. So when I do play it, I'll report back and let you know how it is. Sounds good. Um. Let's talk about what we're playing and watching. I only have one thing. Uh, when I was in New York City, my brother and I watched a movie on Amazon Prime called Patan. Have you heard of this? No. It's uh, an Indian movie. Um, I, I Polygon or some other place had an article about it, about how it was like India's answer to Mission Impossible. And I was like, I'll check this out. And it is very much trying to be a Mission Impossible. It's very crazy and i guess it's part of a like a cinematic universe it's part of like a spy universe it's i guess the fourth or fifth movie in that but i had not i didn't realize there were previous films but uh it was good it was a little long um but the action was really good and uh i found it amusing at parts i don't want to say too much about it i i think it's best to go in kind of uh fresh to it and like not watch a trailer um but it is a lot of people exclaiming the name Patan because that's the main character's name. <laughs> uh, so he'll like walk into some place and everyone will whisper like, oh, it's, it's Patan. Um, but I found it to be pretty funny and uh, like action-y and it was everything I wanted, I think, except for it maybe lasted a little bit too long, but the ending of it is insane. So it gets a watch, a recommend from me. It's on Amazon Prime. I do have Amazon Prime. Maybe I should check this out. What about you? Have you been watching or playing anything? Uh, I uh, Other than Last Case of Benedict Fox, I've played a lot more uh, Battlefield 2042. And I really like that game. <laughs> the, there's so much uh, stuff to unlock. And it's like really getting me back into like online shooters in a way I've not been Ooh. in years. And I think it, some of it is because it, it's sort of rekindling that uh, enjoyment of like, you know, as you level up, you'll unlock a new weapon or class of some sort to use. And I really like the the changes they've made to this uh, particular iteration of Battlefield where you it's not just the classes. Uh, you, you have like the different specialists and they have different abilities uh, within those classes and so their kit will be a little bit different, but also it like makes some nice quality of life improvements where like in previous battlefields, if you wanted to play uh, like an assault class, you would not be able to use like a marksman rifle, for instance, or if you wanted to use like uh, a submachine gun with a sniper uh, or recon class, you you couldn't do that. But now you can use any weapon with any class, but you get like a bonus if you use a certain weapon with a certain uh, class. They get like a sort of 
you know, ability bonuses uh, for using a certain class of weapon. And so it's just been fun to play and try to unlock everything. They had this mode. It's not, they, they must've taken it out and whatever the, the weekly update was. Uh, and maybe it'll come back around again in a week or two, but there is a mode called rush XL where it's basically a, a game of rush where you have uh, one team attacking and another team defending. And you're supposed to like, battle over these two objective points and if the attackers are able to get in there and set a charge on them and blow them up then the the map sort of levolution style moves back and like the defenders have to fall back and the attackers can move up and then you battle over another set of devices and you do that maybe two or three times before the match ends um but because this is an xl version there's like double the amount of players on it and so it was just like extremely chaotic but in like the best possible way because there was like so many people uh on both sides just like uh battling at like sort of the point of attack and so it was very easy to like rack up these insane multi-kills and feel like you were very good at the game (laughs) and so it's uh like it it was so fast-paced that now like playing any other mode without uh that mode it, it just feels noticeably uh, slower and less fun and chaotic and so i'm <laughs> hoping they bring that back but um there is also like portal uh which i remember at the time before they launched was like a thing they kept advertising because you could like sort of create these custom games yeah modes. i remember those trailers um i need to look into that because it's i mean it's very possible that somebody's just made rush xl in portal and you so you could basically do that but i don't know like it, you know is it going to have the player base? Like, cause are people actually searching for it versus like just clicking into whatever is on the main page? And like, how do, how does that limit like your XP gains and stuff like that? Because you can create modes in portal that basically make it so that uh, depending on how much you tweak the settings, it'll just like remove like, uh, XP gains and like mm. uh, unlocks and stuff like that. So I wouldn't want to play a version of it that didn't have progression. But I, I don't know. I would. I need to look into it more. But it's a it's a very fun game, uh, and they're still supporting it. And there was like a recent patch as well that that uh, people were the, the YouTubers were making videos about. And so it uh, it's very fun. I have to say, if you if you have Game Pass, you can download it and just play it. So, give it a shot for for sure, because it's very fun. Uh, and on that note, do you have any parting wisdom? Uh, you know, if you're gonna go to New York, check out. This is not everyone knows to do this, but uh, the Metropolitan Museum is very cool, and I it's maybe the best museum I've ever been to. And uh, I think it's like it is like expensive to get in, but it's worth it because it's giant. I, I saw maybe like. A fifth of it and i was there for two hours um <laughs> so if you're gonna go to new york definitely uh make that one of your stops because it was very cool to see and on that note go ahead and follow us on instagram twitter and youtube at starside cafe check out our website starsidecafe.com and we'll catch you on the next one goodbye goodbye, goodbye.